Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now your ears do not deceive you you have just entered the cryptid creator corner brought to you by your friends at comic book yeti so without further ado let's get on to the interview Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. No, we uh, have not yet changed the name. Uh, we're, we're sticking with the alliteration. I am uh, here today with a very special guest. Uh, her first, I believe, first crowdfunding campaign is currently on Zoop for the light novel, which I'm not sure what that is, but we're going to find out all about the American light novel Sentience by Elise Russell and Danny uh, Rivera. And I am very excited to welcome a writer, Elise Russell, to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Hi, Elise. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to uh, the podcast. Thank you for and having so, me. Yeah, yes, uh, you're very welcome. Um, why don't you, why don't we start here? Why don't we start here with the Zoop um, campaign for sentience? And why don't we just jump right in and tell me uh, first, what is an American light novel? Okay, so I didn't know what a light novel was until Chris from Band of Bards told me. So um, now I know. <laughs> okay. Um, it is, it originated in Japan and it's basically prose with a few illustrations here and there and maybe some sequential artwork. Um, but because they like to make the joke that because this is America, we've supersized it and we've made it longer and we've added more art. So it's got a bigger butt. Um, All right. Perfect. <laughs> so it's going to be a, um, 13 chapters around 150 pages of prose. And then there'll be at least 20 illustrations with some sequential artwork in there from Danny. All right. And so before we get into um, what sentience is all about, um, it's being, I guess, uh, crowdfunded on Zoop, published by Band of Bards. Mm -hmm. um, so first off, how did you connect with Band of Bards for this? For this or just in general? Um, well, either one. You pick. Dealer's choice. Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, um, for this, let's see. I was... Um, complaining on Twitter publicly <laughs> about how I didn't know whether I wanted to do this as a comic or um, a novel, okay. sentience, the idea of sentience. And um, Chris jumped in and said, I have an idea. <laughs> and then we messaged and he was like, let's do both. <laughs> so yeah, he told me what a light novel was. And I said that that sounded great. Oh, wow. If I can have Danny. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> 
So had you worked with uh, um, Danny Rivera before? Danny's the first comics person I ever met, uh, talked to, became friends with anything. So yeah, um, I, I met her last year. I've only been doing this for a year. And um, I was looking for an artist to illustrate some pages for a pitch for Brunhilde and the Hex Witch. And I found her on Reddit and she found me on Guru or something. And we messaged each other within the same hour <laughs> saying, hey, I'd like, like to work with you. Yeah. Just totally independent of each other. Yes. Just like, no. oh. <laughs> like just How serendipitous. <laughs> I checked my phone and I saw a message from her and I was like, I just sent that. I just sent her a message. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So then, yeah. So, and we've been working together ever since on, on all sorts of things. I drag her all over the place. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, she's not so, pleased with this one because it's got giant spiders in it and she's terrified of spiders so to get oh, okay. back at me she's she has she's working on an illustration right now that's got one of the giant spiders so she keeps sending me gifts of creepy pigs because she knows i'm terrified of pigs and this is like my her way of paying me back for putting her through this <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but she's is it like a good job at it are they just i mean just just illustrations of creepy pigs are you like being eaten by pigs or oh, no, they're just they're just gifts okay. of pigs um oh okay and i said you know our next project will be fell witch and there are hell pigs in it which are giant pigs and i said you know that's gonna be i'm gonna be vomiting in my mouth a little bit for that mm. one so well that you did that to yourself because i, did. I mean i'm assuming you wrote the giant hell pigs into because it's a fell horror witch. and i'm thinking of like right. what scares me the most it's pigs with teeth and <laughs> yeah well before we uh before we get into that let's just first tell uh everyone what sentience is about we'll get into fell witch and then maybe brunhilda i want to hear about that one too but um i'm sorry you cut out for a second what did you say oh no i said um i want to hear about fell witch and maybe even brunhilda that you mentioned but um mm -hmm. Let's first Stick start telling sentience. Tell, tell everyone what sentience is about because that's on Zoop right now and it'll still yep. be on Zoop when this goes live. So, so what is the big premise of sentience? Sentience is about a, it's a steampunk dark fantasy adventure and it's about a clockwork android assassin named Kyra, and she's starting to learn the truth about what she is and what her creator, a necromancer or sorceress, um, what she's doing. And she learns to form her own opinion of what's right and wrong, separate from what mother has been telling her. And it's, it's a difficult journey for her. There's lots of giant spiders and gore and, um, <laughs> death <laughs> um but yeah so she has to learn how to stop mother before it's too late interesting all right um well i love the premise uh one of the things i think and i know you were just on 
Grant Stoy's Into the Comics Cave podcast, another comic mm-hmm. book Eddie podcast, which has is out there. You should actually go listen to that and then then come back and finish this if if anyone listening hasn't hasn't heard that yet. Um, <laughs> listen to Grant's podcast, then come back and uh, we'll still be here and uh, and listen to this. Um, but one of the things I when I was listening to that and I, I think you said it on the on his podcast that um uh in, in talking about the char- the main character and and the story it's about a little bit of forming your own moral compass apart from you know what you were raised with and yeah. you know and I, I can't wait to read it but I'm assuming that you know that just doesn't happen in a vacuum that the character there has to be other individuals that she meets or other things along the way that kind of help, you know, inform that. I, it instantly made me think like, well, if you're just being fed one thing, you know, it's tough to create a moral compass if you're just being told one way is right. So I'm, I'm assuming this, this clockwork magical world is populated by, you know, various and sundry uh, characters that are going to help. Uh, was it Kyra? Mm-hmm. along uh, along their journey yeah well part of her problem is that she thinks she doesn't have a soul so therefore it doesn't matter what she does it's not applicable to her she's not human so she it doesn't matter if she does anything wrong and in order to feel empathy you have to first experience loss and she's never really lost anything until the story until uh, up in her 80 years of life up until this this point when the story begins she'll start to experience loss and understand what pain is and then be able to apply it to others around her and she will meet someone who several someones who help her to question everything and then another an actual human being whom she starts to develop feelings for Mm -hmm. and that makes her question what mother is doing because her mother is as a necromancer she is harvesting human soul energy and it's not a pretty process <laughs> I, I can't imagine it, it would be <laughs> no. it's not it's not in this world so i'm sure it's not in any world <laughs> no um but that soul energy is put into a liquid form and that's what she has to drink to keep herself running okay um and she's she's more addicted to it than the other clockwork androids are so she has to evaluate that aspect of her um, life. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you certainly didn't give her an easy road, did you? <laughs> no, no. And I, I don't like cut and dry hero versus villain. I mean, yes, mother is pretty villainous, but she does have some, like, she's not pure evil. She's just, right. she's pretty freaking evil, but she's not pure yeah. evil. And Kyra is not a good person at the beginning, at least. And arguably, you know, she'll, she'll get right. better, but she's not like a saint by the end. She's not a sure. complete shining hero. Um, I just always liked, I like morally gray characters. Right. Um, nuance and. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I do too. I mean, I think it makes, mm-hmm. you know, it makes for a more interesting villain you know certainly when you when you think that wow that you know if a villain starts out with maybe they're coming from a place that well they they kind of have a point or Mm -hmm. you at least to a certain degree understand if they're coming from a place of 
loss or a fear that yeah. there's an inkling there of um, a little bit of, you know, understanding. I mean, the, the, I think okay. the worst type of villains in, in fiction, well, you know, and in the real world are villains that don't seem to, that, that are evil for the sake of evil, because I think that's, you know, extraordinarily rare and it's kind of right. uninteresting. Right, not everybody can be, just be Sauron. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, true. Um, not everyone. That's, that's a special, <laughs> it's a special one. Um, no, but I, you know, I, I, I think that those make the more interesting villains and those make the more interesting heroes that somebody's not just good for the sake of good, but they're, you know, that they're learning or they're overcoming something or they're, they're finding their way or, I, I mean, you know, it, it's, it mimics the real world where people are complicated and messy and nobody's all good and nobody's so all bad. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I read when I was, you, you have a website. Folks can can check out. I'll try and put a link in the I in the notes. I myself, so be kind. No, no, no. I was I was <laughs> on it. You have a website which you know talks a little bit about you and the projects you've done. And one of the things I was curious about, because um, it says in there that you wrote like your first novel when you were sixteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now look, I I I, I I'm sure everyone who I've ever talked to who has said, oh, when they were a teenager, they wrote a novel. The next thing they tell you is that it was bad. Oh, well, um, I mean, yeah, it's but, kind of a given. <laughs> but no, you you at least had that drive to write from a very young age. Um, yeah. But it seems, and you just said it earlier that it's been a, a year that you've been you've you've been at this and really trying to do stuff. So what was the, you know, what kind of what was that journey like from writing and really writing the, to the point where you <laughs> yeah. wrote a novel at sixteen and then, but now you're where was really, I for? really decades. motivated i mean like life gets in the way and stuff and maybe you're doing other things but like what was the impetus like right now was it pandemic related was it um some other reason that you're like i gotta do this i gotta do this right now i gotta start um goodness so i was writing even before i was 16. i wrote probably middle school and on um and i got really into poetry in college and I always thought that I wanted to be a professional writer. Um, but then life got in the way. And I tried to get published a couple times as a teenager, but it was dumb. <laughs> uh, and I just kind of, I, I guess I just decided maybe this isn't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make a living off of this. I should focus on other things to get my life foundation for my life um and then i kind of stopped writing for a little while except for an odd poem here and there but i got this idea for a comic after okay i have to back up a little bit mm, i had kids and i wanted to um get into nerd culture more so i or i got this book that was like the Geek Girl's Guide to the Galaxy or something. And they said, you have to read Red Sonia by Gail Simone. And I did while I was nursing my baby and it blew my mind. I had never been into comics before because I thought that they were all superheroes. And I like some superhero stories, but I'm not big into superheroes. As soon as I figured out that there were graphic novels of other things like right. scary stories and witches and things, I was mm -hmm. all in. 
Anyway, I, I read, yeah. yeah, I read Red Sonia, um, Gail Simone, illustrated by Walter Giovanni, and I was hooked. I was like, I want to do this. So I started thinking about, about that a little bit. And then I was in a D&D campaign with my friends, and I was thinking about what kind of character I would make for a D&D. And I was I wanted to be a barbarian mom. <laughs> so I started coming up with this character, Brunhilde. And Right. Um, I started sketching little panels and things because I can kind of draw very shittily. Okay. <laughs> if that's sure. a word. So I started doing word. that. And um, I don't know quite what the impetus was. It was just kind of, I'm writing about this really strong character. And what would, this is, silly but what would she tell me to do she'd be like get out there and try it you know I, I guess right. I should try it and I had more confidence in that story than I had had in any previous idea I'd had so then I started poking around and I found Danny and her art blew me away and I was like maybe I could actually do this then I learned that I had to start a Twitter. I got on Twitter. I started making writing <laughs> friends and I got addicted and I started submitting short stories places and it just became more and more fun. And I love the community and collaborating and now I'm here. <laughs> awesome. And that's, that's fantastic. Story. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's, what, that's the point of this. That's uh, we, we tell stories, right? Right. <laughs> um, so when earlier when you mentioned the comic idea as to why you found Danny and Danny sent a message to you was it for Brunhilde yeah I had posted on I don't I on guru and reddit I think that I was looking for an artist preferably a female artist because I had this idea that I wanted an all-female team with a female barbarian lead and just like I thought it would be really cool and I put up the basic premise of a barbarian mom with 15 kids who rides a giant battle yak. And she messaged me and she said, that sounds badass. I want in. <laughs> At awesome. the same time, I had found her portfolio and gone <laughs> and messaged her. So, yeah. What was it about Danny's portfolio that you were like, oh, this is the person? Um, she has this odd drawing of a very muscular man riding a brain <laughs> and the muscles okay. I was like okay she can draw a barbarian right. and I loved her style otherwise I just I, I wanted to make sure that it was someone who could really draw a barbarian <laughs> right um and I also wanted to make sure it was someone who could draw creatures and I saw a couple of things on her portfolio that looked like they could be creepy creatures okay she can do that mm -hmm. and then I had her draw one of the cute creatures in Brunhilde and she nailed it that's adorable and I hope someday some people can see it but um yeah so she hit the the little trifecta can she do creepy creatures cute creatures and muscular people <laughs> there it is um yep. <laughs> so you know, when you write in terms of like your like scripting process, you know, when you said, oh, mm -hmm. I, I think I can do comics. I'm going to I'm going to try this. Um, how does your, your like collaboration work? Do you fairly like do you like tightly script things and, or is it 
do you allow room for, you know, interpretation? How does your collaboration, you know, with Danny, how has it worked on things like Brunhilde, but, you know, especially for sentience? Right. Um, well, I'm an architect style, a, a plotter style writer. So I have an outline and I write it all and then I show it to her and we work through it panel by panel and we shoot ideas back and forth. And I'm, I always want to know her thoughts and I'll give her like a stupid sketch I did and she'll make it a thousand times better, obviously. <laughs> but we, we, we talk about every, every detail. Oh, wow. Um, that, I mean, that's really collaborative. That's awesome. Very collaborative. And I asked her at the beginning, I was like, hey, do you want to like, just run free in the wind with this? Or do you want to like, do you want to know all my opinions all the way through? And she said, I want to work closely with you. Um, so that's, that's how we do it. And we talk all the time, not just about comics, we're friends now, and we read books together, and we've watched movies together, and all sorts of fun things. Um, That's awesome. So, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love Danny. Danny's just, <laughs> just love Danny. Um, uh, it, so but yeah, we, very collaborative. Uh, I just wanted to, from, this is from your, your website about Brunhilde, because I wanted to ask you a question about a couple of these things that I, I noticed. Mm -hmm. So Brunhilde, says Brunhilde and the Hex Witch, when her daughter is kidnapped, the middle-aged barbarian warrior mom must seek help from a dangerous witch and an mm -hmm. ancient entity to get her back. And then I know recently with um, Water Dragon Publishing, um, you had a novelette published, Gray Mother Mountain, which mm -hmm. I believe was the, the, I guess the tagline or the log line was when her village is destroyed, an elderly woman seeks help from the last remaining dragon to get revenge. And then I like we mentioned, <laughs> well, and we mentioned it before. I'm going through these things for a reason. I, but Fell Witch is another project I want to talk about. When a young mother's village is attacked by vicious hell pigs, the aforementioned hell pigs, she must flee with her infant into the Fell Witch swamp and face its inhabitant. And like reading all these plots, I was thinking, and only because I, I, you know, I, I try to, um think about my you know own type of journey and connections mm -hmm. with people that I'm going to interview and like my impetus to really kind of get more involved with comics and to try and write was because I had kids um, yeah. and mm -hmm. I have two kids which I've mentioned before on this and they're all over the internet um, but um, it, did becoming a mom and like raising kids and did that have an impact on you it's like man I want to I want to tell stories that they because I think about I want to tell stories that they can read I want to tell stories that if anything happens to me they can be like hey you know this is my dad you know I, did, yeah. did that in any way like influence your like you know drive to really I mean because you've yes. done a lot for only being in a year uh you've <laughs> yeah, done maybe. a lot you have <laughs> I mean yeah. it's impressive it really is. So anyway, you can Thank answer you. my question. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. 100%. I would not be back in it with such a passion if I were not a parent. Um, okay. And there's several reasons for that. I think one, becoming a, a parent, just there's whole new fields of emotion there that you just don't experience until you've, you're 
you have kids and um I really wanted to tap into that in writing and also if you're raising kids and you're telling them pursue your dreams and you haven't done that you know I want to be a little bit of an example there like yeah Mm -hmm. this is what mommy wanted and mommy tried for it you know (laughs) right yeah no I get it so um my kids can't really read my stories because they're messed up but I did dedicate Grandmother Mountain to her to my daughter and I I showed her the page and she just squealed because she loves dragons um and I said someday you can read this but um it's gonna be like a decade (laughs) (laughs) she just looked at me like can't you read something or can't you write something that I can read mom? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah dragons I'll have to are, work on that. <laughs> it, dragons are real big in my house right now. My, my daughter has read the um, wings of fire. Oh series. my gosh. My daughter's I, obsessed too. I, I don't know why, but every time I go to say it, I have to catch myself because like I say wings of desire all the time. <laughs> a little and I bit of a mean different it. series, I think. <laughs> the author is what Tui T Sutherland. Sutherland, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I yes, I just read it to her tonight. We're going through the yeah. series again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, my my oldest has uh, several of the books, and I think the first four books are also graphic novels. So she has first five graphic now. Novels. Oh, the first five now. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we'll the, the brightest have to add, out now. <laughs> have, to, have to add one to the list. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so dragons. I get that dragons are real big in my house. But don't don't. If somebody asks what your child is reading, don't say Wings of Desire. They'll look at you funny. No, no. Um, <laughs> do that. But uh, is that like yeah. that erotica? What is that? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It's, it's, she's into it. I, you know, she's not. She's nine. She's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, with something like sentient, that is this kind of newer style, at, at least in terms of the the West, right? Because Japanese, right. The, the light novel is um, uh, better known. How do you decide and who make or who makes the decisions in terms of where the illustrations are going to be? What might work as a straight prose section in a Am I breaking up? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, the internet's weird tonight, I guess. Um, That's okay. So what? who decides? How, how do you, you come to those decisions as to where will an illustration work and what section might work as sequential art as opposed to an illustration and, and prose? Like, do you sit down with the team, with the, the folks over at Band of Bards? Is that something that's decided between you and Danny? Like, how do those, like, practical... Um, uh, situations? How do, how do they get resolved? Um, and usually it's just me um, with deciding what should be illustrated, but I also um, throw it out there like to Danny and to Damon, who's the prose editor for this. <laughs> if you see something that you think should be an illustration, tell me um, and we can switch it up because there's a limit to how many illustrations we can have per chapter. Um, to have it still be a light novel. And um, so I just, I kind of, I'm like, hey, I think it would be cool to have this, 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 and this illustrated. And Danny just usually just, yep, okay. (laughs) But if there's ever a point where Danny or Ro, uh, Damon, um, 
if, if they see something they want illustrated, I'm always open to it. Do you have any type of criteria for yourself as you go through and you're writing something like do you have oh do you like make notes as you go in terms of when you're writing it or when you're editing it before it goes to the whoops that was my microphone um, before it goes to the editors. Um, as far as where illustrations should go. Yeah, do you have like criteria that you use. Um, what looks the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good criteria um, as good as any that and. Um, main thematic things that I think will be most useful to the reader for um, remembering with the plot and um, helping to picture some things. Like when I describe the legged wagons, it's kind of a little, so having Danny just draw it helps. <laughs> right, no, that makes sense. Um, right. Yeah. So, I know I've, I've gone through the plots and talked about some of the other projects, but uh, the next one with, I keep hitting this microphone and uh, okay. I'm sure it makes for wonderful podcasting and I keep hitting it. Just um, snapping it. Yeah, just out of my way. I'm talking. <laughs> uh, so the next Band of Bard project is Fellwitch and I read a little bit of a synopsis about it, but um, how did Fellwitch come about? Like, what was your inspiration for Fellwitch? Fellwitch was the next thing I wrote after Brunhilda. And that one is about, um, it's all an allegory for postpartum depression. So I got postpartum depression very bad with my first one and even worse with my second one. And it oh, okay. was like a monster. And I always, I, I thought like, God, what a witch. <laughs> so yeah so um her going into the swamp and facing down the fell witch is an allegory for facing down and getting past postpartum depression and it, whether or not you come out the other side and can see your baby did if that make sense <laughs> no I, I mean it, it does you know to an extent i you know i'm a dad and didn't mm -hmm. suffer postpartum depression, obviously. It's not something. I think but my can get it. Can they? Can, um, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't think it's, I, I think it's rare. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, mm -hmm. I know that uh, certainly um, I've seen, you know, with, with our two kids, my wife um, struggle at times, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it, it's hard. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for her. You know, I just try to be there, but, mm -hmm. you know, as a dad, I feel generally useless. Um, but it, it, the, <laughs> it's not something I can wrap, you know, my head around. I just, you know, just trying to be there. Um, right. And but, most people can't because people don't talk about it really. It's, yeah. There's an element of shame to it. Like, yeah, I was gonna, with you? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that it seems like, you know, there is especially I mean, I'm 43. And it feels like um, I get growing up like uh, the people around me really for any type of mental health issue, it was yep. either there was still a lot of like weakness. I mean, I still like mental health was a weakness, which is 
ridiculous. That's not the case at all. And if, if you broke your arm, you'd go to the doctor. If, right, you know, right. if something's going on inside of you, you would, you should go to therapy or go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but whether or not mm -hmm. it's anxiety or depression or postpartum depression, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of shame. And um, uh, it's, it, I think it is certainly talked about more now, but still not to a level where um, it should be. I mean, did you have, I mean, if you don't want to talk about it, we don't, we can, well, no, we can it's cut. fine. We can I cut think it this. Be we're talking about. about, we're talking it's, about, you know, you do want to talk about I it. I think but, it should be talked about. Good. Um, but I mean, did you have people around you that were supportive and understanding when you were dealing with it? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, my husband knew about it. Um, he doesn't get anxiety and depression. I have, I have panic disorder and depression. Um, so I've, I've kind of always had the, the mental health issues. So I kind of knew I was, I was at risk for it. So before I even had kids, I was like, you know, we should probably look this up because I feel like it might be applicable to me. And it turned out to be the case. Um, so yeah, he was there. I had a therapist and um, my parents knew. So it, extended family didn't know because again, it's, it's the, it's the stigma of, all growing up, anything to do with anxiety or depression or mental health at all. It was just not talked about or right. it was shamed. So yeah, I was aware of it. Those very closest to me were aware of it. Um, but even then it's so lonely. <laughs> um, it's just very, very isolating. That's part of the disease. Were you, were you writing at all, like during it or were you able to? No, no, but I was able to, I, I that's when I started reading, uh, read Sonia. <laughs> no. So that was, yeah, kind of, that helped was, a bit. <laughs> I mean, was there anything other than, was there anything that, you know, not, I mean, not including like therapy, but it was there anything else that did, that did help at times? I don't remember. It was so, it was like walking through a fog and I was just not myself. So I'll, I'll, yeah. until my son was weaned, it was, yeah, like reading, um, drawing. I like to design fashions and uh, coloring. Okay. Those were the things that, but I mean, I also had a toddler to take care of at the same time as a newborn. So like, right. <laughs> try drawing with a baby and a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, no, no, no easy feat to have, <laughs> have two kids and trying to like get through life and then dealing with postpartum depression. Yeah. I, I can't. It's just I sheer can't, survival mode. At that yeah. Point. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and, the, and I I would though think that the 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 added element of the loneliness, not just being isolated with, you know, raising your kids, but being isolated that you feel like you can't talk about it for risk of somebody, you know, um, shaming you or yeah. not understanding or you know, um, yeah, that ha that has to be unbelievably difficult. Um, yeah, and it was, and I 
don't think I've ever seen it addressed in a comic. Um, it could be, I'd like to know if it is, but um, I, I was thinking of um, issues close to me and how to, it's hard to describe things like that to someone who's never felt it. So you kind of have right. to make it into a monster they can see. Hence the fell witch. She's just vile to look at. And so is postpartum depression, right? Right. Um, so it's it's kind of just putting it in visual terms that maybe other people will understand. Like, look at her face. That was in my head. You know? Right. <laughs> Not that specifically, but something that ugly was. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, it's, yeah it's it's been a long time since i you know i took a psychology class um but i I just you know have to think with friends that have gone through postpartum depression um not and i i think it's bad to compare people's you know uh whether it's their their mental health at times like well my depression was worse than your depression or anxiety it's all terrible and everyone's trying to get through it but Mm -hmm. that being said I, i do think there is a a uniqueness to someone to a woman going through postpartum depression whereas you're having to deal with that and go through it and take care of yourself and a lot of the times the people around you are also you're also expected and have to take care of you know another person um, yeah and why which... aren't you happy and glowing a <laughs> baby yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, I, I can't think of a, a, you know, a comic that ever addressed something like that. And I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that the fact that you're, you know, have, I keep hitting this mic. <laughs> I think the <laughs> fact okay. that you've, you know, you know, hopefully come through that and, and able to turn it into something like this is, you know, pretty powerful, to be honest with you. Thanks. I hope so. I hope that um, someone else who has felt that looks at it and recognizes it and that someone who hasn't understood it before maybe understands a little bit when they look at it. That'd be nice. At the very least, I hope they're freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll, we'll see. Is there, is that, um, no, I, I, I think they will. I mean, you know, I will I, send you a picture of the fell witch and you tell me if she's creepy. You can see uh, it. I'll let you all see right. it. <laughs> Make sure you send it during the day. Don't send it at night. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I scare easy. Um, no, I mean, I think as for as much as I think there are a lot of, at least since I've been back into reading comics and then started reviewing and interviewing people for Comic Book Yeti, there's a lot of you know, newer voices in comics, there, comics there's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, I think we do have a lot of, you know, f- female creators and non-binary creators and transgender creators. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's more voices, which is, you know, phenomenal. But, uh, you know, when you look at a lot of the, when you look at a list of like the top 10 or 20 best-selling comics, you know, not including YA or middle grade stuff, it is mostly... Yeah is to still be mostly, you know, straight white men. So mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if anyone else had, you know, turned postpartum depression and their, 
and dealing with it into a comic. But um, no, I, I think I think it's fan. It's terrible that you've dealt with that and had to deal with that in your life. But the fact mm -hmm. that I think you've done this with it, I, I think people will read that and get at least somewhat of a better. Um, if not so. understanding or appreciation or a new light or uh, people talking about it, talking about, you know, postpartum depression. Yeah. And yeah, stop telling me I should be happy and glowing. There's something yeah. going on here and we need to address it. And yeah. you telling me I should smile is not, is not getting it done, you know? Nope. <laughs> but there, there is still a lot of that mentality whenever, when it, with, 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 with mental health and, you know, I don't know. I have, like I said, I, it's been a long time since I've taken a psychology class, but I still, you know, get it at times where um, I, the instant I became a lawyer, I developed every physical tick known to man. Oh, yeah. I lived my life tick free till 2006. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 And I, I still hear it from like from people in my life. Like, why, why are you what are you nervous about? literally everything and nothing <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be a concrete reason it could just right. be there <laughs> yeah i don't know how to explain it um so is there a timeline for for fell witch when we can expect it um, i don't know it's gonna be up next after sentience so okay. we gotta get get that funded all right get yes. that foundation laid so that I we can continue on, and then there will I will give you more things <laughs> to read. Um, Please do. Please more at. things, more things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to circle back to sentience in a bit, but I know that I, I I saw you know from your website again, and I've seen you talk about it on Twitter that you're involved in, I guess, uh, editing and curating. Um, a comics anthology and i think you're involved in two prose anthologies as well tell me about those uh -huh. tell me about that um, stuff uh so let's start with the comics um cj hudson um messaged me out of the blue one day to do some guest writing for um the ad astra intergalactic academy comic so we we worked together with that and became friends. And then one day we were just talking and I said, it would be really cool to do an anthology. And he's like, yeah, sci-fi romance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's how, and then um, we're like, let's just do it. So that's how amongst the stars became a thing. <laughs> we okay. opened up submissions, submissions just closed and we're going through and making our decisions. And it is so hard. <laughs> yeah. But we also now have a cover. And oh, fantastic. I have not posted this yet, but Real Burton did the cover. And it oh. is gorgeous. Awesome. Absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to reveal it. Um, well, that's yeah. exciting. So that, that's a lot of fun. And um, we'll be going to crowdfunding with that probably around August, September. Okay. Um, for Water Dragon is the future's so bright and it's for positive visions of the future, speculative fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, you know, mm -hmm. yep. um, and that's going to be open through the end of April. Oh, okay. So there's still so, time. There's still Do time. I... Yes. All right. 
And and that's the prose one. Is there any, what's the length in terms of the stories that you're looking for? Two to seven K. So 2000 to 7,000 words in life. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, and yeah. Yeah. Have you also written a story yourself for that one? Or are you just... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to okay. write stories for either of these. I want to oh, okay. give the slots to other people and just be the curator and bring them to the light. <laughs> this one, like, let's, oh, let's showcase awesome. these people. Yeah. Um, there will be other, other projects. Um, I am working on, for a long-term goal, for the beginning of... 2023 an enormous anthology called the dark side of purity created okay. entirely by women prose poetry illustrated prose comics comic poetry mixed media art like it's got a huge ass <laughs> and it's amazing <laughs> it's just and i that one is that's not open submissions um it's just a, a group of women that I've slowly been kind of adding to until now it's full. <laughs> right. And that one is about how women really feel about society's obsession with virginity and chastity. Not great. <laughs> I don't feel great about it. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah. And through a dark speculative lens, speculative lens. So. And uh, oddly, I mean, I don't know if there was ever a time where it's not topical, but I mean, just like oddly topical with so many things going on right now in like this country, like in the world, but, but this country, I mean, it's just, yeah, we, uh, you didn't, you have a cough is a tickle. Does it need a lozenge? Oh, excuse me. Sounded, yeah. Sounded like you just coughed Texas. Um, oh. <laughs> No, it sounds like such, a, but seriously, it sounds like such an exciting project. I love the idea of like the mixed media that mm -hmm. you, you're basically getting anything. I love that you have, you know, I joke about, you know, um, you bringing everyone together, but I, I, I love the idea of like kind of like a singular vision, kind of bringing people in that they think are going to fit this project or people who might mm -hmm. have an interesting story to tell or a perspective that we haven't seen before. And, right. um, yeah, I, th I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think it, the whole whole thing sounds great. And I can't Thanks. wait until it's out there in the world. I was originally going to write just a short story collection myself on the topic. And then I realized this will be this is this will be more impactful if it comes from many different women's voices, many different perspectives, because it affects so many women. Like, why would I just monopolize this i have a piece in it it's a a comic short that danny will be illustrating because of course mm -hmm. <laughs> um but there's there's over 30 people involved now so wow <laughs> yeah we talk is all the time and yeah is it difficult to project manage that nope. uh, is it that's fantastic nope any little hiccups have been able i've been able to smooth them out and everyone is very respectful it's a very safe environment to talk about the topic and that's exactly what i wanted i wanted it to be like a comfy couch on the internet we can talk about whatever we need to and 
we let each other know about different opportunities coming up and we've done a movie night and all sorts of things. So it's more than just, we're all collaborators. We're collaborators with friendship too. Right. <laughs> we're all getting to know each other more through it. And it was just, I would kind of message when I, when I saw a woman who was a creator that could do dark speculative fiction or dark um, illustrations. And I, I'd just approach and say, hey, what do you think about this topic? You know, and we'd talk a little bit and be like, what, what do you think about, you know, coming on board this anthology I've got going? And <laughs> they all said yes. So that should tell you how important it is to them. <laughs> yeah. Is it, um, is it also going to be crowdfunded or some point or what's the, the plan for that? Uh, so it's not attached officially to a publisher yet, but we do have a publisher who is very, very interested and wants it. So it'll be up to them. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be on the lookout for it then. Yeah. I think getting, getting sentience and fell witch under my belt is like, I can put a project out there and right. have it be successful. That will build a nice foundation for this because this is such a big thing, <laughs> you know? So I need, I need to, yeah. to get this set and squared to support that. Well, I, I can't wait till I, that comes out. Um, I mean, it sounds, I, some of the stories a very important anthology are just unbelievable like mm -hmm. they're they're not <laughs> it, it will almost certainly have to be crowdfunded because it's so big and they're not getting get paid for it until the crowdfunding is complete but a lot of them have already just started making the stuff just because they want to so badly because it's such a poignant topic that means right. a lot to us so I've already gotten stories and illustrations and things sent to me for it and they're just so hard-hitting they're just mm -hmm. nailing them <laughs> wow. yeah yeah it's well, that's awesome that you're doing really that. cool yeah it sounds like it and uh yeah I mean it's just it's not a that's not a topic that I don't know I I can't think of any comic that has really, you know, tackled that kind of topic right. or yeah. talk about it or, you know, yeah. I mean, certainly not in a, an industry that, as we mentioned earlier, still for the most part is male dominated. Um, right. Are you going to see too many people step up and say, Hey, you know, what we should talk about like the dark side or the obsession with mm -hmm. uh, virginity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I can't wait to see that one. Uh, that Thanks. sounds, that sounds, it, it really does sound awesome. Um, so I, I don't want to keep you too long because I, I know it's late and, um, we both have kids and we'll probably yeah. have to be up early with them. If we don't <laughs> but... sleep at some point, they're just going to eat us alive. <laughs> yeah. They do have a tendency to do that, right. but, um, yeah. So how long does, just real quick, just to recap, how long does the campaign for sentience run on Zoop? There's 30 days left. All right. So there's time to get in there and get your copy. 
Where, are there any in terms of the um, you know how Zoop does things? It's it's kind of like uh like a with their shopping experience when you back it and you can pick their different add-ons. Was there anything in there that you were particularly excited about or that you you know like to see that as part of uh, the campaign? Yeah, um, one of the options for an add-on is that you can get drawn into the con the the illustrations for sentience in the background as a character. <laughs> Oh, really? And I have so many ideas for that. Like you could get eaten by a spider and no, like have no, your face like, you. ah, or you could no, just be you. like a fancy lord at a party or a concubine <laughs> or yeah. So Tim and Chris are going to be in it. Oh, uh, okay. So mm -hmm. for anyone yeah. doesn't, doesn't know, that's uh, Tim and Chris from Band of Bards. So yeah, uh, my, my publishers are going to be in it. And they've already oh, told great. me how they want to die and oh. what they want to be wearing when they die. <laughs> this is in the comic, right? They haven't like this is in the illustration. This is in the illustration, oh, okay. illustration, in the illustration. for sentience, yes. Oh, that's great. Specifically, they will be in chapter two. <laughs> All right. Well, make a note of it when we yeah, get our copy. It should be very entertaining. But I also I, I want I would like to see more people go for that because I, I want my friends' faces in my <laughs> book. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a great. I, I always think that's a great um that's a great feature. That's a great something to have that you can mm -hmm. get. You know, because that's fun. That's kind of fun to see. I actually did that yeah. with Grant with Grant's um with Grant's comic. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. What'd you say? I I did that with Grant's comic. Grant's. Uh, oh, did you? side quest uh with Alaire Rossico and um yeah I uh I, I backed it when it was uh crowdfunding to be drawn uh -huh. into it and uh I live in fear of every day until issue four comes out because I don't know you why I did seen that it yet <laughs> nope 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 and you didn't nope. pick like in what no. way they would draw it? they're just nah. gonna yeah yeah okay yeah no that could be that could be something yeah <laughs> probably yeah, so I almost said you don't even like, know if you're gonna get killed off or not. Yeah, see, I don't, and that's like I almost said like these are the things that I would never want to happen because I'm like if I speak it, it'll a hundred percent happen. Uh -huh. So I was I was just very good. I was like, oh look, I'll get drawn in, and then I was like, what have I done? What have I done? But no, um, I, I it's it's like fear and a bit of trepidation and excitement. I think that I do really think that's a kind of a cool thing. So I'm excited that. Uh, people mm -hmm. who that back sentience will you know be able to get drawn into the illustrations that's um yeah that's a, that's and a in great particular reward. any women that get drawn in and chris um i will design a dress for them oh okay <laughs> yeah because you've designed the have you i did i i've designed I all of the fashion the for sentience yes just that's because great. it's you know my hobby and if i can have fun with it right then, yeah well that's fantastic i love that that's great because there's like a one of the things is like a sticker pack right and are there stickers of like the dress design or is there something with the dress uh, no there will be an art print and oh okay. it it's won't be my drawings it'll be like danny redoing my designs and making them look good <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be like there's a picture up there right now of my drawings of the the dresses but it okay. will look better than that by like a thousand. Well, uh, th that might be true, but you're you're selling yourself short in terms of uh, the designs. So they looked very fine. nice. 
Yeah, that's Thank that's you. awesome Take to be able to do that. <laughs> um all right well uh i can't thank you enough for for being in the cryptid creator corner man I, thank I really you hate... so much yeah hate and it, i hate the name i do i just hate <laughs> it so so much um it's like too alliterative and then i say like triple c but like triple to write c. That i was out, gonna say triple c but that sounds like a battery or something yeah yeah like uh um, yeah, I don't want to be like the Guy Fieri of comics. I, well, maybe I do. I like Guy Fieri. Um, I, I, watch, I watch a lot of Food Network. You know, uh-huh. he's got that Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dines. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's a process. But in any, <laughs> it, it, it is. It is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's letters. It's three letters. Yeah, don't um, say Triple C, because then that, that's a process, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kidding. and that's I all the that time we have. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a triple C is a thing. It it's could an be though. One. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elise, this has been I should have called you Elsie and uh repeated the joke from earlier. Um, but Elise, thank you very much for joining me here on Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. And uh this was a wonderful conversation. I want everyone to go and back sentience um the American mm-hmm. light novel. It sounds awesome. Um, if, if you don't follow Elise or Danny on Twitter, you follow should Danny. Do that. She's hilarious. Yes, you absolutely should. Up. All right. So Elise, thank you. And thank good night. you very much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'll see everybody next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.